Welcome back to our High Five, where we're gonna highlight five awesome things that are happening in the life of our church. So let's jump into it. Up at number five, if you haven't already heard, Shiloh Battles The Concert Experience was last Sunday night and it was a blast. Keep an eye out for some special content from the evening and check out shilohbattles.com for the book, soundtrack, and more. Here's to how God works in all kinds of creative ways. Up at number four, this past Saturday, our Bedford and Manchester outposts came together for a corn maze craze where they took to Elwood Orchard for pumpkin painting, apple cider donuts, and a 15 acre corn maze. They were able to give over 2000 free tickets away for the day and it was a blast. High five you guys to more times like these. Here at number three, rooted participants are more than halfway through their 10 week journey. The time they've spent getting to know one another, studying the character of God, and working through faith has been incredible. High five to these strong roots in God's love. In at number two, our Franklin Outpost got to hand out over 150 foam fingers sporting the Franklin Golden Tornadoes at their football game this past Sunday. Go Golden Tornadoes and go Franklin. High five for sharing God's love like this. And finally, up at number one, we're celebrating the four baptisms that our Bedford Outpost experienced this past Sunday. High five to Nora, Aiden, Garrett, and Austin. We're so excited for how God will continue to move in and through you. Thanks for joining us for our high five, and I can't wait to celebrate with you in the next one. Thanks for our high five, and I can't wait to celebrate with you in the next one. All right, so I'm on a little bit of a high over the past couple weekends as we're getting ready for uh, getting into a building. And man, I, you know, I don't want to exaggerate too much, but I have loved like the past two nights of like getting to be in that spot and just worshiping with all of you. And if you haven't been there yet, man, we're doing it tonight, seven o'clock. If you've already been, come again. It's been wonderful. I want to test the limits of that parking lot over there, see what we can do. Um, but man, it has just been fun, like just to get to worship God together, because that's really what it's all about. Just getting together as the people of God saying that we have a king, that he is sufficient for whatever it is that we might be facing, that he's worthy of all of our praise, he's creative of everything, and that uh, we can give glory and honor to him. So I'm going to pray and I'm just going to ask that God speak to you all, to me today, and that, you know, you're here for a purpose, you're here for a reason, and God's here too, and his Holy Spirit moves, and so let me just pray for all of that. Lord, I thank you for every person in this room right now. And we're probably all at different places in our lives. There's probably fears and worries and there's probably joy and, oh, I don't know, lostness or confusion. And Lord, I thank you that you're enough. Lord, you are faithful. If there's one thing I've learned in my life, Lord, is that you are faithful. And so, Lord, anyone who's struggling with today, anyone who's struggling with the future, anybody who's overwhelmed by worry or concern, Lord, I pray that by the power of your spirit, you might speak to their hearts, that you might give that peace that surpasses all understanding. And Lord, I ask that in this time, that you speak to each and every heart here. And Lord, I pray that it not be by my words, Lord, but by what you want to say. Whatever way we need conviction, whatever way we need encouragement, Lord, may we be receptive to what you want to do in this place. In your name we pray. Amen. So we're starting a new series today. 
It's called the sweet life. And if you know me, my favorite ve vegetable is sugar. Um, so I like candy. But we're not talking about candy. We're actually talking about life is sweet. Life is sweet because God is good. And I know, I know, I know that life, you might, you might always feel sweet. This morning may not seem sweet to you necessarily, depending on what it is you're going through. But man, if you can step back, like life is good. God is good. That well, you could say, well, what makes it sweet? Here's what makes it sweet is you are loved by God. That if you're like me, you're a mess. Like if you're like me, you've had like the ups and downs in your life and circumstances have come and, and God has been faithful and, and he loves you. He loves you to the point that he sent his son to die. We just sang the song, For God to Love the World, that he sent his son to die for us, that we could find life in him, that, that he took every mistake and sin and failure and he nailed it to him on the cross that, that was meant to go to me. And then he was raised to life again that neither sin nor death actually has any sway over us, which is sometimes hard to believe when it's knocking on our door. Life is good. Life is good because God is good. Life is sweet because God is sweet. And so we're going to go through this series called The Sweet Life. And the memory verse, the memory verse is a beautiful memory verse. Not, not that you say some aren't, but, but man, this one is one that has been speaking to my heart ever since I had, I, I had like, um, well, I certainly have heard it a long time, but when I heard that it was going to be the memory verse for this particular series, I'm like, yes, this is the right one. So it comes from Psalm 34, verse 8. It's going to be up here on the screen, and we're going to say it together. Will you all say it together with me in just one second? We're going to, we're going to read it together. Here's what it says. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Now, we have a little debate. Is it blessed or blessed? blessed. Is it blessed? You got a little King James, a little King James version going? It's blessed. I, I was going to say blessed, but I was sitting next to my buddy Mike, and, and he was saying, he goes blessed, and I went blessed. And I'm like, well, we got to decide. <laughs> yeah, we go, we're going blessed. All right, let's read it again, because there's some sweet words there. It's going to be up on the screen again. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Man, that's a promise. That's not just a promise, that's an invitation. That's an invitation. That's an invitation to this guy on the stage and that's an invitation to you is taste and see that the Lord is good. Try it. Lean into him. And if you already have leaned into him, lean into him a little more. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. We take refuge in a lot. We, we try to take refuge in a lot of things in our world. We try to take refuge in our reputations. We try to take refuge in our ability to, like, by our perception, build our life. We take our... We take refuge perhaps in our home that we come, you know, gather together. We take refuge in our bank accounts in a lot of ways. We take re refuge maybe in our jobs. We take refuge in a lot of things. We take refuge in people sometimes. And all of those things are not necessarily bad, but, but, but they, they definitely fall. The, 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 the floor often falls out on those. Because it doesn't take very long for the car to start breaking down. It doesn't take very long for the, for the house to need repaired, right? It doesn't take very long for, I mean, for you to realize that your husband or wife is just as, as human as you are and flawed and have struggles. And so, so all of these things that we might seek to take refuge in, if we're not careful, if we start to make them our, our God, which sometimes we do, we sometimes have that, that, that propensity, I suppose, is, is, is we start to see them fall. But what the psalmist will say is, is, I want you to taste and see that the Lord is good. The Lord is good. And blessed, I got it right, blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. 
Because I can tell you the only anchor for your life, the, and this is why, this is why we, have, we, we are recipients of the best new po- news possible. The, the, the anchor for your life is not in all the peripheral things that, that the world often runs after. God says, I'll be your refuge. David referenced it, be still and know that I'm God. Be quiet and know that I'm God. And whenever I heard that verse, I always thought, oh, how, how beautiful, how quaint, how serene. Just be still, but... How the psalmist actually says it is, be quiet. Calm down and know that I'm God. So today we're in Proverbs, as we're in the series, The Sweet Life. And today we're talking about payday. You might notice candy bars are in the logos over there, payday. I don't know what you think about your payday, not just to say this candy bar. Uh, you know, some, this might be a, one of the under, anybody like payday? Anybody in the room who like payday? We've got some. It's a weird, it's a weird one, right? It's missing the chocolate is, is part of the problem. Um, isn't it? Like, I don't know if it's a candy bar. It's, and and, and you, got, you, you got your payday, right? I don't know how you feel about your payday, because you might think, man, all I make is peanuts. You might think, all I make is peanuts, and I don't really love my payday because payday means i got to work with people that I don't necessarily like, and and so that might be your side of payday. Or then then you start talking about giving, and you might think it's nuts to give 10% of my income to God. Like, what is that all about? But here's, here's what the Proverbs writer will say. Life is sweet when we learn to trust God with everything. Life is sweet. Now, I realize that as that comes up, it's like, I'm not sure if that actually makes sense, John. I'm not sure if I actually believe that. But, but let me say this. Imagine for a moment, imagine the world and the moment where all of your trust did not have to be in yourself, did not have to be in your ability of how, how much you can come by, how much you can provide, or in other people. Imagine that your trust could be in God. That he is trustworthy and you can trust him in everything. And as I was thinking about that over the past couple of weeks, as we've been going, knowing this, knowing this was coming up, thinking of the freedom that could actually come for you and for me if in this moment, you could actually say, God, I trust you with everything. I mean, you fill in your everything. You fill in whatever that everything is or whatever that everything that is that you're struggling with and to say, what would it look like if God really does tell me, I want you to trust me with everything? Can you, can you imagine a group of people who get this, like who, 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 who understand this? Can you imagine how weird you would be at school or at work if you're like a person who says, God, I trust you with everything. You ever met people like that? It's like, oh, they're a crazy person. How is it that they have so much joy? How is it that they have, how, how is it they, they seem to dance? How are they so free in their life? Life is sweet when you learn to trust God with everything. This is what the Proverbs writer will say. Proverbs chapter three, verses five through six, the most famous uh, verses in the, in the book of Proverbs. And you, you might might have heard it before or not. If not, man, it is something worth holding on to. But it says this, trust in the Lord. Not in the John. Not in the you. Not in the thing. Not in the bank account. Not in all of the... Trust in the Lord. But don't just trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
and lean not on your own understanding. Like, let's be honest, that's the hard part. There are ways that you think your life is supposed to work. And I know that I know that because there's ways I think that my life is supposed to work. And we do our mathematical equations that if I do this, we do our formulas. If I do this, this is what is supposed to happen. And this is what my understanding says. This is how life is supposed to be. But what the Proverbs writer says, no, 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 no. Here's what you got to do. You got to trust the Lord your God with all your heart. And you got to learn to lean not in your own understanding. In fact, in Isaiah 55, God will say, I want you to understand something. My thought, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. And I don't always like that. Because this mind only, can only, I can only think what my mind is thinking. And so I can't think outside myself. And so what, the, what, what God is saying is, you know, I have a bigger perspective than what you see right now. And so here's what I'm asking you to do. Trust Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. But instead, in all your ways, in everything that you do, submit to him. And he will make your path straight. And I thought about how he's talking about our hearts. He's talking about our minds and he's talking about our pride. I want you to trust in me with all your heart. God, where in my life is my heart not trusting you? I was like, I want, you to trust, I, want to, I want to trust you. I want you to trust me with your mind, your rationality that sometimes you think that I'm not making sense. And certainly God does things in my life that, like, God, this does not make sense. But then later on, I start to realize, oh, this was the plan. Have you ever had that moment? Oh, this was the plan. Like, like. We literally be, will be worshiping in a building tonight where I'm like, God, I don't understand 20 years of waiting. And, God's, and then I'm like, oh, oh, this was the plan. That's not my, that's not my understanding. My, my mind did not think in that way. My mind said, well, this is, what, this is the formula that needs to happen. God, here's my plan. And you've got your own plan for, for your kids and your marriage and your job and your finances. You've got your own plan. And God's like, well, trust my plan. And lean not in your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge me. Submit to me. There's the pride part. Remember I said it's your heart, your mind, and your pride? In all your ways, submit to me. And what he says is, I'll make your path straight. And I realize that all of that's faith. And, and faith can be scary sometimes. Because we have this question, God, can I really trust you with everything? Can I really lay everything down? And we are talking about money. This is a, a, a giving series, and so I don't want to hold that from you in a sense. Because I, because I do think God cares about money, and he cares about money because we care about money. And money can actually very quickly become a God in our life. It can very quickly become the thing that we think could free us, but actually enslaves us because it's all we can think about. It's all we can worry about. It's all we can long for. And God's saying, I want all of it. I want all of it. And you're like, well, what joy is there in giving you all of it? All, everything. Trust God with everything. He says, when you learn to do that, you start to realize that not only are you not in control, but I'm the God who loves you, who wants to lead you. And wants to show you that, that my way can make your path straight. 
And so there's this question that I think we have to ask ourselves in our lives. If It's like, God, I'm going to keep going my way? Am I going to keep going my way or am I going to take the highway? Because <laughs> sometimes we say, God, no, 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 God, I'm going to do it my way. You take the highway. Like, if you, it's nuts to take some of my payday and give that to you. That doesn't make any sense. And so I'm going to keep going things my way. And whenever you keep doing things your way, you always have to ask this important question. like, how's that going for you? Or I can take God's way and God, God show me your way. And so here's a couple questions to like wrestle through, like which way I'm going. Do I trust God sometimes or do I trust God all the time? Am I trusting God all the time with my life? Am I trusting God in all things or am I trusting God in some things? Because if you're like me, there's probably some things that your trust is, like you can trust God in this area. And you're like, yeah, I've given this all to God. But then there's this other area, and God says, because like, like I, I don't want you to have to worry about that anymore. I don't want that to be a stronghold in your life anymore, and I can actually set you free from that if you're willing to let it go. What are the things in your life, what are the things in my life that I'm not yet willing to let go? And God's saying, no, I want you to trust me with everything. I want you to give me everything. And you're like, well, that's scary. And I think what I would say is, no, that's freedom. That's freedom to say, like, I mean, you are loved by God. You are empowered by his Holy Spirit into the mission that he's called you into. That nothing can separate you from the love of Christ, neither height nor depth, neither poverty or riches. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. That he's called you to make an impact in the world around you, and he's for you. And so, go all in. Ah, uh, secondly, um, are my paths crooked or straight? Because money can do that to us, Right? We can cut corners, we can take extra home, we can, we can be stingy, we can be not seeing other people with the eyes of generosity, not seeing them as brothers and sisters that God wants to work through our lives. And so are my paths crooked or straight? That's another question. A third question is, is this is a good one actually, is my job a curse or a blessing? I was listening to a Tim Keller sermon. I've never heard of Tim Keller, but he's a preacher. He just passed away actually. He was a preacher in New York City for a long time made a lasting impact. And I listened to a sermon that he was talking about, about our jobs. And, you know, you have this question, is my job a blessing or a curse? And he says, well, what is a job really? He says, the best way you can look at your job is like, here's an opportunity that God is giving you to serve other people. You're like, well, I don't really like that. <laughs> you might, you might say, I don't really want to, I want to serve other people. But, but what if you're, what if, what if what God calls you to is like, is like, we, we pray as a church, Lord, please give me one person every day to share your love with. And, and my guess is a lot of your every days are spent with people. And God is saying, look what I have done. I have provided an environment. And you're like, well, I don't really like that environment. And God's saying, I've provided an environment where you get to be Jesus to the people who are around you. And you're going to get paid in the midst of that. And you could either say, my job is a curse. Or you could say, no, my job is actually a blessing. Because God has provided an avenue through which he wants to use my personality and my life to make an impact on the people around me. And I get paid to do this. Like, that is a whole different way of looking at it. That is a free way of looking at it. I really do, God, I really do think he wants us to have joy at our jobs. And maybe you're like, well, I don't like my job. Well, maybe you've been looking at it wrong. Like maybe God's got you there for a purpose and for a reason. I got to keep going. Um, am I in want or in plenty? Psalm 23 will say, the Lord is my shepherd. And when the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. As a kid, I was always confused by that. I was like, what do you mean? 
The Lord is my shepherd, I don't want him. <laughs> I never quite understood it. But what he's saying, I shall not be in want. Because the shepherd will lead me. And again, you've got to wrestle with, do I really believe this? Do I trust this? That God really will be my shepherd? That he really will be my provision? And here's what I would say is, well, he has a very good track record. He has a very good track record of being able to provide. And I would say that not just in my life, though I have seen it, and I think there's wisdom to looking at our lives and watching how God has provided, because you're here today. And that's not nothing. But then if you look at his track record over history of his people that he, he provides. Okay, we've got to keep going. Life is sweet when you live in God's wisdom. Because the Proverbs writer will go on to say, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not in your understanding, in all your ways, in everything, everything. Sub- offer yourself to him, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. But then it goes on to say this, do not be wise in your own eyes. Life is sweet when I'm willing to trust in God's wisdom because, man, he's, he knows more than I do. But we don't always live like that, do we? <laughs> we, think we? We think we've got all of the answers. This is what he goes on to say. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Like, you're like, what is God, what is the meaning of life? What is God really calling me to? Like, I don't really know what my purpose on this world is. And I don't fear God. Turn away from the things that are going to steal the life from you. And this will bring life to your body and nourishment to your bones. Well, that sounds pretty good. I think about Deuteronomy where... I don't know if you read Deuteronomy. Some people tell me that they don't really like Deuteronomy. It's like, I started reading in Genesis, and I hit Leviticus, and, <laughs> and Deuteronomy, and I think, uh, well, man, Deuteronomy's got some sweet stuff in there. And God, through Moses, will be talking to the people, and God will say this to them. And I, you know, I, th- I say this because I, I know that's Deuteronomy, but I, I think it has to do with today, too, because this is what Moses, God will say through Moses. God will say, see, I set before you life or death. I probably thought physical, maybe what he was talking about at some point, but I realized later on as I got older, it's like I'm not exactly sure that he's talking about, that he's talking about life and death in the physical sense. I think he's saying, see, I set before you a life that can be free, a life that can be sweet, or a life that seems like slugging along, trying to make it through. And what Moses will say, or what God will say to Moses is like, see, you get to choose, but he'll say, but choose life. Choose the freedom that will come from me. And here's the tricky part. Here's the paradox. The the way we find freedom is by surrendering everything to him. And that sometimes is the rub, isn't it? Sometimes the rub is, God, God, I want to be free. And God says, all right, trust me with everything. Submit to me in all. Do not be wise by your own standards. But learn to fear me, revere me. And turn to the things that I guide you to say they will not bring you life. And you will find life for your body and nourishment for your bones. Life is sweet when we trust God with everything. Life is sweet when we walk in God's wisdom. And then finally, life is sweet when we tithe. It's funny that in Proverbs chapter 3, it seems like the, the, the Proverbs writer is trying to help us. It's like, like this highly concentrated wisdom that he's trying to give us in a few verses. Because it's there. Just go read 
Proverbs chapter 3 over and over because it is this, this condensed wisdom. And what's interesting is near the end, he talks about money. And how do we address the struggle of money in our lives? Because it's real. Because we go through it. We go through highs and lows. If your bank account looks like mine, highs and lows. <laughs> Good times and bad times. Steak and spam. I don't know. I don't know. There's, there seems to be like a, there, there are highs and lows in the midst of it. And so I do think God in his love tries to, not tries, God doesn't try anything, but tries to get through to us, maybe. How do I help them know that money is not the source? To build in them this discipline of letting go. I, God does not need money. I mean, it doesn't take very much to come to that realization. So if he doesn't need money, what is it he's doing? Because that's a worthy question. If he doesn't need money, then, then what is it he's trying to do? There's, it's, it's perhaps not for him. Perhaps it's something for us. And so this is what the Proverbs writer would go on to say. In his, his condensed, highly concentrated wisdom, this is what he says. Honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits, the, the very top, the very best, the very first fruits of all of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. The word honor means to give weight to. It means to give weight to. Honor God with your wealth. God, it is, it's a humbling moment that says, God, <laughs> I didn't actually get any of this. That It is your provision of my body, of my mind, of my hands and feet. It is all comes from you. And God is saying, I want you to offer And again, it's, it's very consistent throughout the scriptures. I was like, I want you to give me your best. Well, why am I to give you my best, God? It's because the more you start to realize that I am the center, and that nothing else is the center, you will start to realize that I'm the one who can guide you and lead you and help you. And I don't want this to be the thing that you are leaning on, the thing that you are hoping for, hoping in, because it will never be enough. There will never be enough. If you were to name your price of what would be enough, some would say, $100, $100 would solve all my problems. For some, $1,000. Some might say $1,000 would solve my problems. Others would say $1,000 doesn't even scratch the surface of my problems. Some would say $100,000. Well, $100,000 can get me somewhere, but I'm not sure if it can get me everywhere. It just keeps moving. I think, I know that God knows that. 
And so he says, I want you to be free. And so I want to build in you this discipline of letting go and letting me take over. What I love about God, and there's a lot that I love about God, is that generosity comes directly from him. That he is a generous God. He's a generous God in the fact that, well, in a lot of ways, but he's a generous God clearly in the the apex of our faith of that he sent his son into the world to die. That, That he would give what was most valuable and even my mind trying to get around all of that of God becoming flesh and dying for us is a hard thing to wrestle through. But he's generous in the sense of that he says, I love you. And there is nothing I will not hold back. And every Sunday we have this moment where we remember. Maybe on your way in, hopefully on your way in, you got bread and juice. And it really is the the picture of the generosity of your God. That he doesn't call us to anything that he hasn't already done. We get to be generous because we were made in the image of God and he is a generous God and there's, there's generosity in you and his Holy Spirit is generous in you and, and, and sometimes you're just in the way. Sometimes I'm just in the way of, of, of being the, 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 the generous ambassador of, of the grace of God and the finances of God and, and all of the stuff that, that God wants to flow through us. And so, man, we, we remember the generosity of God in this moment we take to our king. Jesus will say at this meal, he says, this is my blood poured out for you. I'm all in. I give you everything. I give you everything. And you're like, well, how do I respond to your giving of everything? And the way Jesus was saying, well, here's what you do. You give me everything. We get the better deal. We take the king. Would you all stand with me? This is in part a giving series and a giving sermon. It's in the other part and everything sermon. It's like, God, we're going to make a decision as your people to not hold anything back. And that hits everything. That hits our calendars. It hits our gifts and abilities. It hits everything. We're not going to hold everything, anything back. And if there's any way that we can pray for you, I'll be up front. Dan will be up front. Lori will be in the back. We'd love to pray with you. And if today's the day that you want to respond to God's everything with your everything, the way we do that as a church is through baptism. You go all in. You're buried with him in death. You're raised to life again as you come out of that water. And you God, I'm yours. And if that's how God is stirring your heart, that invitation is for you as well. We all pray with me. But I pray that we might trust you with all our heart. Lord, we may not lean on our own understanding. But Lord, in all our ways, we'll submit to you. Lord, show us where we're not. 
And Lord, thank you that in the midst of that promise, you make straight our path. Oh, and sometimes we take some twists and turns. Help us not to be wise in our own eyes. Lord, help us, help us to give you the best. The first fruits of all that we are. Thank you for caring about money. Because you know that we care about money. And help us learn how to release it. In your name we pray. Amen. Watch it.